0: Don't be looking at our notes, Hunter.
1: (laughs) I'm totally stealing answers from all of you.
0: (laughs) I'm way hot now.
2: is a regular pastor podcast, a podcast devoted to regular pastors and regular churches. My name is Landon Coleman. I am a regular pastor at Emmanuel Baptist Church in Odessa, Texas. Today, I am honored to be joined by the crew as we are back for an official release of season three on the regular pastor podcast. To my left, I have Corey. You know him as Les Spear, Across from me, I have Hunter, the man of many names. We'll call him Hubcap today. Making direct eye contact. Hunter Siegler, eye contact across the table. And brand new, making his regular pastor podcast debut, Jake, you may know him as Mild Salsa Graves. Jake, welcome to the regular pastor podcast. We are delighted to have you Studio audience is thrilled that you're here. What up, what up? What up, what up. That's your first contribution to the regular pastor podcast. It can can only go uphill from there. Congratulations. As always, we want to begin with a warm welcome to our vast listening audience. Uh, Both of our podcast listeners are excited for us to be back for season three And I feel like season three is the year we go beyond both listeners to maybe three, because I'm guessing Jake's mom is going to be a new listener to the podcast. Oh, without a doubt. Absolutely. welcome to Jake's mom. We are honored to have you tuning in and listening. There you go.
1: (laughs) Is this really season three or are you making that up?
2: No, it's season three. We've had two seasons. You've done that many? Yeah. We uh, We have made it through two seasons. We've had a long hiatus while my wife was working on her cpa exam and um we've been basically waiting for hunter to have enough good things to say to have a new season of the podcast keep
3: waiting dog <laughs> <laughs> hey how much am i getting paid for this by the way um well you didn't
2: negotiate your contract before we started so you are doing this on a uh, a volunteer basis so we appreciate your generosity a
0: little bit of me casa
2: Yeah, you did get Mikasa for lunch. Hey, speaking of Mikasa, one of the things we're going to do here in season three is we're going to have a sponsor for every episode and let the reader understand this is not a real sponsor, but an imaginary dream sponsor. Sometimes these sponsors may be completely made up. Sometimes they may be real and we're only wishing that we would be sponsored by these people or businesses. And so I'm going to roll it over to Corey. Corey, why don't you introduce our... Season three, episode one, sponsor.
0: Well, the question is: Are you tired of living in a great in the great state of Texas and not being able to eat at a te- typical Mexican food restaurant without burning your face off? Well, today's yes. podcast <laughs> is brought to you by Man Up Hot Sauce for the men who just can't seem to hack it with normal hot sauce. Man Up Hot Sauce is scientifically formulated. For the man who wants to look manly but can't handle the heat. It's a hot sauce that looks hot, but it's practically ketchup. Pick up a bottle of Man Up (laughs) to look manly and avoid the heat.
3: That sounds delicious. So, here in the studio,
2: we actually have a uh, complimentary bottle of Man Up hot sauce, and it's got a picture of a guy on the front. With some, you know, like Revenge of the Nerd glasses. He's got some tape on the bridge there. It looks remarkably like Jake. I don't know that it is Jake, but it looks like Jake. Man up hot sauce. And uh, I like the, the tagline, a hot sauce that looks hot,
3: but is practically ketchup. Can I taste Can I test this out? It's
1: amazing.
2: Yeah, that is fantastic. I'm going to set it right in the middle of the table, and I'm going to face uh, the bottle right towards Jake. Not like this sponsor is directed towards you or has anything to do (laughs) with you. This is just a complete coincidence that on your debut on the podcast, um, we're sponsored by Man Up Hot Sauce. So
0: there you go. It's good stuff.
2: We did have lunch at Mikasa. It was fantastic. And Jake actually took a few bites of the green chilies, which was remarkably impressive. I mean,
3: it was pretty it's good. Magically delicious.
2: Magically delicious. Remarkably impressive. It's all good. So we are glad to be back uh, for season three. Um, a lot of the weeks in this season, I'm going to be talking with these guys Jake, Hunter, and Corey. Uh, we are going to have some special guests. I've got several of those already lined up, and I'm excited to talk to those guys, most of them local pastors around the uh, Permian Basin, and they're guys that have things that are worth worth talking about, uh, messages that are worth sharing and, and kicking around. Uh, today, we're going to kick into Season 3 by talking about coronavirus, um, not from any sort of scientific standpoint not from any perspective that says we know you know the ins and the outs of the virus but more from a pastor's perspective and the question we're going to kick around is what have you what have we learned during the coronavirus so all this really hit over spring break um we had uh kids that were gone to Mission Arlington, I think was the last like normal church event that we did, and then everything kind of changed. We went on complete shutdown, like a lot of churches. Uh, We have since opened back up with on-campus worship, but in the meantime, we've had live stream, uh, recorded worship. Um, Now we're doing sort of a a combination of the two, people on campus, people uh, watching online, And so my question for you guys is, what have you learned during COVID-19? And I left that intentionally vague. Nobody has looked at anybody's list. Uh, That was particularly easy with Hunter's list because he doesn't have a list. Everyone walked into the room with notes except the youth pastor, which was not that much of a surprise. So one thing we have learned is that youth pastor is going to youth
1: pastor. And, and be he, way smarter than the rest of you.
2: He ain't going to roll in with any notes. So we're glad that Hunter spent all of the last five minutes thinking about his list. And we expect it to really be a phenomenal list. Well, I mean,
1: l- listen. You guys learned something from this? <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to learn something?
2: Do you want to go first or do you want these other guys to go first? You told me earlier in the car on the ride back from lunch you had one thing on your mental list. You can go first and you can risk throwing out there something that's kinda lame. Or you can <laughs> wait and go second or third or fourth, but there's odds that somebody's gonna steal your answer and you only have one answer. What do you want to do?
1: I ain't scared I'll go first. Okay. You've passed, you're gonna go first. And and this is gonna be surprising, but I've come up with a few a few things. Really? In, in the, in the last, last ten minutes? Yes. So lay one on us, big cat. Well, you're going to heckle me because that's what you do. Um, (laughs) And this is going to sound like a cop-out, but I I sincerely mean it, that what I have learned is flexibility Um, because we've had to. Uh,
2: Are you more bending now than you were before the coronavirus? I can put both
1: of my legs behind my head.
0: (laughs) Prove it! <laughs>
1: Please don't. <laughs> 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 uh, but w- because of the limitations, am I am I being too loud? Do I need to back off the mic? No. Huh. Um. Because of the limitations with COVID, um, it has been hard on student ministry. Because, as Corey knows, student student ministry is a very communal ministry. Students want to get together. They want to be around each other. They want to have that, that proximity. And so doing student ministry in COVID has been hard. And we, I have had to learn how to be very flexible and fluid with how we're doing the ministry. And at one point that resulted in, we were doing five different zoom calls a week (laughs) for student ministry, just to, just to try and keep the community. Yeah. And, um, I have learned a lot of flexibility in this. That's one thing.
2: No, I like that. That's a pretty decent answer, all things considered. Um, It wasn't that long ago that in staff meeting we planned events six months to a year out routinely. And now we're at the point where you almost can't plan a month out. No. And you just have to sort of sit and wait and see what happens. And? Even when you plan a month out, you plan a youth retreat and then it gets canceled. Um, yeah. No, yeah. no fault of your own, no decision of your own. And so flexibility is definitely, um, definitely part of it. And not just with are events gonna happen or are they not gonna happen, but with what events are going to happen. There's a lot of things that we've been doing that have not been part of our normal church routine, church calendar. If things were normal, we're not going to keep doing some of those things. But right now, flexibility says, hey, do some stuff that's not ideal um, event-wise, technology-wise, to try to maintain community with your youth group or your church.
1: Yeah, I mean, well, on that note, I've learned a lot about technology. (laughs) (laughs) Hunter has been the tech
2: guru. Uh, He has added that to his repertoire of nicknames, the tech guru. Jake has stolen it for short periods of time, but Hunter has, has by and large, held on to that title. He's the undisputed tech guru. All right, Les, you got a big, long list of stuff. Lay something on us, something you've learned during COVID-19.
0: I have two really high up on the list. One of them I think that Jake's going to talk about, so I'm not going to uh, go there. But one of the things that I have learned is – as we have dealt with uh, a different format than things have been in the past and we have so many church members who some enjoy the way we're doing things some may not enjoy the way we're doing things and and i would say that one of the main things that i have learned in this time is being able to one communicate properly why we make decisions the way that we do And two, extending grace to people who don't understand why we're doing the things that we do. Because that's been very difficult when, you know, you're in a place of leadership in the church and then members just do not like some of the decisions that you make. So in grace, in love, have to go and to talk to them and say, this is why we're doing what we're doing. And so learning to communicate, learning to extend grace, uh, learning to love people even through those differences uh, and being able to worship together has been something that's been high on my learning curve here
2: i think our church is no different than any church where throughout this process there's a spectrum of people and you've got a group of folks who are just done with the whole covid thing yep. entirely and ready to just let's go back to normal 100 let's go back to normal you've got another group of folks in your church who are very concerned about it um, and want to continue using extreme caution in how we meet and when we meet and where we meet and all those sorts of things, if we meet. And then you've got some people in the middle who are just, you know, they're ready to be back, but they're a little bit concerned and they're going to kind of go along with whatever you do. And it's challenging for churches right now. I mean, it, you've heard the word so many times you could puke, but it literally is unprecedented and how you make some of these decisions and do what uh what you do as a church and you're exactly right one of the things that i think is important is not just to tell your people here's what we're doing but here's why yeah and to keep reminding them we don't all have to agree on everything related to covid to maintain our unity in the gospel and to be in a church family together and at some point I think we all feel like at some point there will be a back to normal. Yeah. Um, but for now, we just we do need a lot of grace um, extended towards each other. That's not something you see modeled a lot in our society. We tend to demonize those who disagree with us about lockdowns or shutdowns or school or masks or whatever. Right. Uh, but there needs to be a little bit of grace. There's got to be a whole lot of grace uh, within the church. So that's good. All right. Big Jake. Mild Salsa, lay something on us, something you have learned during COVID-19. Ready to be wowed? Ready to be wowed. I sure hope (laughs) so with those notes.
3: Heck yes. Okay, so I, uh, initially I had a list of four to five-ish things, Um, but what I did is I just pared it down to one and kind of just expounded on what I mean by that. And so I came up with the phrase, this world ain't it. Mm this world ain't it so explain that so um if i'm honest like pre covid i didn't really think about heaven very much if i'm honest like i have a a pretty good life here on earth you know i don't i don't want to give give that up i want to live a, a full life you know i want to want to see my kids grow up you know i want to enjoy the things of this world And then, you know, after I've lived my best life and after I'm old and decrepit and there's nothing else for me, (laughs) then Jesus, okay, Jesus, then you can take me. Like when you're Corey's
2: age?
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah.
3: Yeah, exactly.
0: I think about heaven a lot. (laughs) I'm sure you do. You're way closer than the rest of us.
3: You need that new body more than I do. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) Amen. Oh. That's
2: why we call him Jake the Snake. (laughs) When you least expect it, he strikes. That's good. Okay, so that
0: was the jab after the manna pot sauce. Yes, you had
2: that coming 100, (laughs) percent especially for this label with uh, Nerd Jake on the front. So you deserve that. All right, so keep going. We're we're, going to cut you off mid sentence. Um, This this ain't it.
3: Yeah, the this world ain't it. And so I was talking about you know living a good life here today, and. Uh, actually, this morning I went and rewatched uh the little snippet from John Piper's famous sermon, Don't Waste Your Life. Mm. Um, and he describes a couple. Um, he gives this illustration about they, they took early retirement. Uh, they moved to the beach, um, you know, so they can just relax all day, you know, and they spend their time walking up and down the beach collecting seashells. Um, you know, just the epitome of the American dream, right? Um and so when I stop thinking about this dream and I go back to um, a little bit of church history and read about some of our brothers and sisters in church history, I'm I'm literally amazed at the boldness of these people who literally risked it all for Christ. Um, they're they're getting impaled on stakes, they're getting burned alive, they're getting crucified, you know, all kinds of these, these torturous, these terrible deaths just for claiming the name of Jesus. And I read about, um, for instance, there's this guy named Polycarp. He was uh, condemned to die for claiming Christ. And on his execution day, he was tied up to a post to be burned at the stake. Um, and, and as they're tying in there, they're threatening, we're going to kill you. Okay, this is your last chance to turn back. This is it. You're going to die. Um, uh, and he's quoted as saying, the fire that you can light will only last for a moment, whereas the eternal fire will never go out. And I'm just like, wow, that guy, that guy got it, you know? And I think you're right.
2: I think when you live in a world of comfort and ease and everything pretty much always goes your way, which is life for most Americans, especially pre-COVID, it's easy to get lulled into a, even though we laugh at Joel Osteen, we sort of live, I am living my best life now and it's pretty dadgum good. Even if I'm not driving around in a Bentley living in a mansion, my life is pretty good and I'm comfortable and I like it the way it is. Um, And a disruption like this definitely has a way of sharpening our minds to realize this isn't it. Our hope is not in this life, but it's ultimately in the next life. And some of that boldness you talked about Um, it comes from people who grasp that and who really understand that. And that's not to say that up to this point, Christians have really genuinely faced any kind of persecution related to COVID. I mean, people have made some arguments and and thrown some ideas out. I just don't think that that's really happened on a widespread basis in our country up to this point in our experience of COVID. Um, But the disruption of our routines and our normalcy and what we like to do um has certainly revealed just how much we love this world and the routines and the normalcy yeah and all the rest of it so that's good your mom would be proud by that answer oh she will she's gonna (laughs) like it she'll text me later when she shares this podcast she's gonna say fast forward to the 17 minute mark and listen to uh mild salsa
3: has
2: your mom called you mild salsa yet
3: i haven't told her I'm scared too.
0: <laughs> she will
2: know. She's going to know today. now. She'll be
3: like, why are they being mean to my baby? She will. She'll be defensive.
2: That's okay. We wouldn't be mean to you if we didn't love you. If we didn't love you, we'd just ignore you. I'm just persecuted for my faith over here. Oh, my Lanta. Moving on. <laughs> oh, my okay. I'll throw one out there and then uh, we'll make the loop again. I think we got the time to make the loop one more time. I think one of the things I knew this uh, pre COVID, I have especially thought about it uh, during this quarantine lockdown period whatever you want to call it i love having a routine i love knowing what my week is going to look like i like knowing on what day i'm going to do certain tasks there's always a a measure of unpredictability and an impromptu nature to being a pastor but by and large you kind of know what's coming you get in the rhythm of not just week to week but month to month season to season I mean, we're in the season right now, we ought to be doing VBS, we ought to be doing youth camp, we ought to be doing Terrific Tuesdays at our church, uh, we ought to be doing all these different things that we're not doing, and it has just completely wrecked my sense of routine and normalcy, and that's obviously connected to what, Hunter, what you said about flexibility. Um, I think I would add to your point and just say, There is an incredible value in routine. Yes, you can get stuck in a rut. Yes, sometimes you need to bust out of a rut, but routine actually aids productivity. And there's been days and weeks where, I don't know about you guys, but I felt like I'm just completely scrambling to get everything done that needs to get done. I feel busy And I don't know that it's that we have that many more tasks in front of us. It's just the routine is off Mm -hmm. and the the places and the times where you do certain things are just completely out of whack and the whole thing's flipped on its head. Uh, So that's something that I've thought about. All right, Hubcap, Mm -hmm. throw something else at us here. What else have you learned during COVID-19? Jake took his other well, answer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's like he's, he read my script that I wrote out.
0: That's
2: Impossible. Sitting, that's sitting on a table. <laughs> it's in according. your head? Impossible.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, just, I, I just want to expound on, on something that you, you said earlier about um, our roles. Um, you know, the church that I was at before I came here, I, it was a big enough church that I was kind of siloed in my ministry and I didn't have much responsibility outside of that, and and moving here, I there there have been times where, you know, my role um, varies from day to day in what I'm helping with around the church, and that has been seriously um, accentuated in this time of I mean, becoming the tech guy, becoming mm. the guy that runs all of the the online stuff, and. I mean, that's not part of youth ministry, but it's what was needed and learning to, to flow with that and be comfortable in that and um, make sure that the, the ministry of the church is moving forward in any way possible, um, even when that doesn't involve student ministry. Yeah, I like it. That,
2: one of the things we say around here, I mention this in our new member class every time I teach it, is that no one on our staff gets to say, that's not in my job description. If something needs to be done, we're going to do it. We hope that attitude among our leaders, that attitude of what I would call a regular pastor flows down to our members so that they say, you know, that may not be my thing. I may not feel called to that, but if it needs to get done at my church, I'm going to step in and do it. And that has certainly become a more pressing or a more obvious uh, need of a pastor in this season for regular pastors to say, you are now doing all kinds of things that don't fall under your job description but they're things that got to get done like it just has to happen if we're going to continue to minister to people and try to worship and try to teach and try to make disciples and so all those things that may not be your calling and may not be your job description are just stuff that has to get done so you get her done
3: i like it on that note um, hunter i'm going to be out in september (laughs) one week do you would you be willing to go ahead and fill in for me On Sunday morning. Absolutely. Thank you. Would you like me to play the mouth bow or Uh, the cowbell? Either (laughs) as long as you sing Reckless Love. (laughs) We're going to have an issue with that.
2: Uh, the Monday after you fill in, you're going to need to have your resume ready to send out to other churches who are looking for tech guys or youth pastor good or combo is, tech is, youth pastor. Point, I, I may be the one sending my resume. Video.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, it will be on video. That will really help you get a new job. <laughs> okay, moving around the horn here.
0: Les, give us something else, something you've learned. You know, uh, We've talked about in other um, times that we've talked on Facebook about how we just m- missed corporate worship together, being together with our church family, and um, during that month and a half of quarantine, when we missed when we were here alone, all seven of us in the room, it it was it was uh, discouraging in some ways. Yes, I was glad for technology that we could still worship together, but not being together with our church family was something that I missed, and I know that my family missed as well. Uh, and even as we have begun to worship back together with the kids in the room, with the rowdy kids, with uh, fewer songs, I've found that the fewer songs uh, haven't made it any less sweet meeting together. And even when our church family is split and two different services, it's still just as sweet to be able to worship together in the same room. And, and in contacting our, some of our older church members uh, and them being so thankful for the ability to, to meet via technology, even though they're not able to be here, it's a big deal for them to be able to worship with us online. And, and they really do appreciate that. And that's been encouraging to me as well for them not being able to be here.
2: Yeah, that's kind of a strange dynamic where on the one hand, we've had some older members who probably feel more connected to our church than they ever have because previously we weren't live streaming, we weren't recording. They were only able to come to church when they were physically well enough to come. Now they've participated via the internet every week for a couple of months and some of them feel more connected than ever. And you're encouraged by that. And at the same time, I think we've all realized being together and meeting together is not optional. Mm -hmm. It's not just a perk. It's not just, well, we're going to do it when it's convenient, but it is integral to who the church is. And it's just, I mean, literally the word church, the Greek word ekklesia means an assembly, like, by definition, by name, a church assembles. And when you can't assemble and be together, you're you've lost hmm. something that's non-negotiable in who you are as a church. And you're right. We've come back with much smaller crowds. Um, we've come back with people split into two services. We've come back with some people back on campus, some people not back on campus yet. But being back, even with a smaller group, even with an abbreviated service, even with social distancing, even with masks, all that stuff, there's a sweetness to that. And there's something that um, that I don't know, God's people ought to long for and probably something that we all took for granted four months ago. But hopefully over this period of separation, we haven't got comfortable in simply consuming a religious service over the internet, but we've had a longing in our heart to be back and to actually do what the church does, which is assemble for worship and and be together with God's people. So that's good. That was on my list. I like it. Jakey, what you got? Give us something else there.
3: That face was awesome. (laughs) Well, that's pretty much what I was going to say, so I'll just expound on that a little bit.
2: Okay, give us us another Um, uh, facet. Okay.
3: Um <clears throat> I don't know, just like the phrase virtual church mm. I mean it's almost like a contradiction. Yeah, like, like an oxymoron. Mm, it's not possible. You can't be a church and be and gather and also not gather at the same time. Yeah. Um, um just the diminishing returns I've seen off of trying to do discipleship through Zoom, you know, and Facebook Live services and stuff, it's just I don't know. Just I don't know. Is not the same.
2: Yeah. It's not. it's not the same. And, you know, I've thought about churches have been live streaming for a while now. And a lot of churches, uh, especially since the multi site revolution has kind of taken off, you'll go to a church website and they'll say, hey, we have a main campus, we have a south campus, we have a campus in the next town over, and we have an online campus. And you know what they're trying to do. They're trying to give people a sense of, you're all part of the same church family. We're all in this together, even if you're joining us online. And I think this has sort of exposed that as not the same. It's, it's not an online campus. It's people viewing online. And in a pandemic, when the state doesn't want you to meet or businesses to be open or schools to close, all that stuff, that may be a temporary hey, we can use technology to bridge the gap here, but long-term is not a viable option for making disciples. It's a viable option for communicating information. Um, It's a viable option for helping people to know what's going on at their church, but it's not a viable option for connecting people in a, a living, organic way to a church family where they are being served by others and they are serving others and there's genuine relationship taking place. And the longer this goes on, the more strained all of those things become and, and the harder it becomes, you know, we had the first week we went online, we had thousands of people who watched and, and viewed and participated. And then the next week, you barely cracked a thousand. And then the next week you were at 700 and then you kind of settle into, to your normal. Um, but there is definitely a diminishing return on that. And I don't think we're the only church that's experienced that. I think other people have experienced that as well.
3: Yeah. It's easy to be a, to passively take that in on your TV or your phone. Sure. You're not really like there to serve or to serve other people. Yeah. As you, as you are, when you actually come to church and you're plugged into ministries and stuff like that.
2: Yeah. I think one of the things I've learned, um, At this point, all these begin to bleed together a little bit, but this whole thing has been a reminder that Americans probably need that we are not in control of as many things as we'd like to think that we're in control of. Um, And our long-term planning has great value, especially when you're leading a a church, an assembly, an organization. But there are so many things that can happen in life, and so many of them have happened in 2020, That is just a reminder we are really small and there is not a whole lot that we can control. And when things go sideways, they can go sideways quick. And sometimes there is nothing that you can do about it. You might hate the situation, you might not like the circumstance. Um, That's just life as a creature. The creator is in control and we are not in control. And I think that's a, a lesson that needs to be learned. It's not a fun lesson to learn. Uh, But it's something, you know, James talks about it. Be careful. Those of you who say tomorrow I'm going to go here or there and do this business and trade and make a profit, you'll do it if the Lord wills. And that's become very real for people, I think, um, here now that we're in the summer of 2020 and vacations have been canceled and church services have been canceled and businesses have had to close and retirement accounts have hit the tank and then come back up some there's just a lot that we are absolutely not in control of, and that's probably good for us to remem- remember that. All right. Jake said he's spent. He's done. He made it 22 minutes into this podcast. You veterans, you got anything else that needs to be thrown out there? Anything that you've learned worth mentioning? A nugget of wisdom? A nugget of truth? What do
1: you got? I, I don't know that it's it's something that I necessarily have learned, but something that has... Um, is really on my heart as a result of all of this. I'm in youth ministry because I love students. I love teaching students. You guys know, I've talked to you before, that I have no aspirations to leave and go be a pastor somewhere. I want to be in student ministry. And I have, I think in my time in student ministry, I have had an urgency for the gospel and helping students understand the gospel and take the gospel into their normal lives. But I think something like this really puts an urgency mm. on helping students know the gospel and know it in a way that it convicts them to take it to their their circles. Just the uncertainty of this world now, um, from corona to other things going on, it really burdens me to help students have an urgency for the gospel.
2: Yeah. I like that. And I think one of the things we've gone through, we're going to talk about this in a later podcast, uh, is just the reality of death. Our church has experienced that in a pressing way with the passing of one of our youth Um, and combined with COVID-19, combined with the thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, whatever it is at this point, people that have died, uh, whatever the actual number is, people have died through this situation and that should create a sense of urgency and uh, and mindfulness of how short our time is and how limited our opportunities are. And we had better be good stewards
0: of those things and not waste them.
2: I like it. Les, give us one last lesson, one last truth, something you know, I you've learned.
0: This would probably be, uh, should be top on our priority list, But and this is one of the most churchy answers you can give, but it's taught me how to pray hmm. uh deeper harder why because being in west texas not only with the coronavirus but with oil prices dropping we've seen families impacted people laid off um people yeah we've uh, had a
2: double whammy yes covid shutdown and negative oil prices all in one full swoop
0: so it's definitely been a double impact on us and just teaching us to it impacts families and when it impacts families it impacts the church and it's being felt not only at our church but in other churches and it's just taught us just to i think just to add to what you said we're not in control so we need to be going to the father going to other you know to to god saying uh, we need your direction your assistance in these things and and be the church for those people who are struggling at, during this time. So
2: yeah, I think that's the essence of prayer is really dependency on God. The reason you're talking to God is that you're at the end of yourself. You can't handle it. You don't know what to do. You don't you don't see any options out. You're at a loss, and you're going to someone who has greater knowledge and greater power and greater resources than you do, and you're asking for help. If your if your approach to prayer is telling God what he ought to be doing, you're really not praying, you're talking to an imaginary genie. But this situation has probably encouraged us to be more dependent Mm. on God in our prayer lives. And I just think dependency is really the essence of prayer is coming to God saying, I need you. I need you to come through or I need you to sustain me or I need you to provide or whatever. It's just an utter dependency on God. So I think that's good. Well, I know you guys uh, listening have probably learned some things, and I know we could keep going and uh, talk about other other aspects of what we've covered or other things that we've learned, but I think our prayer as pastors is that God has been at work in your life during this time, that it hasn't been a wasted time. It hasn't simply been a time where you have sat around and lamented and grieved over all the things you know, of this world, the things of this life that we've lost or we've not got to experience. Um, All of us have done that. Our prayer and our hope is that you've also learned something and that God has been at work in your heart, in your life to grow you and to teach you things that you needed to know. And so hopefully as you've listened to us sort of kick that around, uh, your mind has, has got to running and thinking about what is it that God has taught me? What is he showing me? How is he stretching me? How is he growing me during this time? Thanks for listening to this episode of the regular pastor podcast. Big thanks to man up hot sauce for our sponsorship today. If you're trying to find it on the shelf, it's the hot sauce that looks hot, but is practically ketchup. And uh, for those of you who fall in the category of uh, not liking spicy things, those of you who might have the nickname, I don't know mild salsa. This is the the
3: hot sauce for you. I highly recommend it. It's fantastic. There you go. Tastes like ketchup.
2: Check us out online, regularpastor.com. If you know somebody who ought to come on the podcast, we'd love uh, to know who they are. We'd love to visit with them. If you have complaints or constructive criticism, we'd like you to keep it to yourself. (laughs) Until next time, this is a crew of regular pastors out.